and gentlemen, and welcome to Asia Town Voice. We're an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We're on here every Sunday night from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. This hour-long program provides you with an inside look at the Asian American and Pacific Islander Americans community, culture, education, and events going on in Northeast Ohio. OCA's Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, We'll enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Yin Tang, also known as DJ Bossy Lady. And also on air with me is Johnny Woo, the ghost host. And for those of you tuning in the first time, he earned his name for uh, periodically walking away from his station. Because he um, works in his studio and sometimes he needs to take care of the little things. And also on air with us today is Lisa Wong, president of OCA Cleveland. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Ian. Hi, Johnny. Hello. We need to get her a DJ name, too. We do. We've been uh, brainstorming about this. And we haven't really, maybe we can, maybe she should be DJ Bossy Lady. I don't know. <laughs> then she is the right. boss, not Bossy Lady. <laughs> oh, the boss. No. <laughs> I like Madam President. I think DJ Lexicon had threw that out there at some point in the past. Yeah. Yay? Nay? Madam President? That's what Debbie Hansen calls me. Oh, really? (laughs) Maybe maybe that could... uh, We'll we'll leave it up to a vote. We'll see uh, how that plays out. But anyway, um, are there any upcoming events we can talk about? Because I'm sorry I wasn't here last week, but I have stories to share about Diwali and also the arts... Excuse me. So, um, uh, Lisa can give us some idea about some, some of the upcoming events coming up, right? Yes. So, what the biggest thing coming up for this holiday season is the Multicultural Holiday Celebration. So, ICC WIN, um, that's the International Community Council Worldwide Intercultural Network, they're having their annual holiday party at the Global um, Center for Health Innovations. It's on December 16th, that's a Wednesday, from 6 to 10 p.m. And it's just $10 if you RSVP before um, December 14th. After that, it'll be $15. And so also, they encourage traditional wear, don't they? They do. It's very interesting because they have an international fashion show, so half the people will be dressed up anyways. And that's the most unique thing is that you know, you know you're mingling with people when different... Um, traditional wear, and it's something, a great conversation starter, so it's a lot of networking going on, a lot of communities coming together, exchanging some culture, there's an array of international foods, they've got some performances, um, and there's international music you could dance to, so all that's included for just $10. That's actually very, very, very cheap overall. Right, and a lot of the local um, vending, like restaurants and communities, they participate as well. And it's a great place just just to come out and see the diversity that Cleveland has. Correct, correct. So speaking of diversity, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. And um, I remember in a previous episode I had mentioned I was going to a Diwali party, and my husband works for Tata Consultancy Services, and they um, are contracted with Eaton, so he kind of has like – Two employers, <laughs> but uh, they throw um, a Diwali party every year, and this year they invited me to perform. Actually, they've been inviting me in all previous years, but it wasn't until the coordinator like backed me into a corner when I visited him at work that I agreed to go. Mostly because I couldn't 
they kept changing the date because they rent out a community center and they couldn't give me like a last minute confirmation till like a week ahead of time. And if anybody knows me, I need like two months notice to do anything really. <laughs> um, so I went and it was very interesting. I mean, okay, I guess interesting isn't the right word. It was very heartwarming because it reminded me a lot of the Chinese New Year parties I went to as a kid. It was pretty much just the community. You have different languages spoken. Um, mostly it was English. I couldn't really, I don't know that much about the diversity of the Indian languages, but I know there's a lot of them. Um, but it was just great. It was just people in the community putting together little shows, little musical performances, little dances and lip syncing and just, you know, couples dance too. And it was really wonderful. And um, one of my husband's co-workers who is uh, Caucasian, he even got up there and he learned a song from India and he played it and everybody loved it. So that was pretty amazing. And of course I asked, what is the difference between Diwali and Deepavali? And um, for some of the listeners who aren't as familiar with it, which I wasn't either, Deepavali is sometimes another name given to Diwali. And specifically Diwali is a celebration of all different things, all great things. Whereas Deepavali in particular was a celebration of lights also taking place on Diwali. So that's that. And another event that I was surprised a lot of people didn't know about because I thought they had decent marketing, on November 23rd, which was a Monday, which is probably a well, lot, and there was a decent turnout, but I think a lot of people didn't know about it because it was a Monday. Um, it was in Beechwood at the Benai Jishiran, um Congregation, and it was the Arts of Thanksgiving. And what it is is an interreligious and multicultural celebration. So the Arts of Thanksgiving, in my memory, it seemed like had been going on for at least a decade, but apparently it's only been going on for six or seven years. And they invite different performing groups and vendors. Well, mostly cultural vendors, not so much to sell things, but they have cultural displays. And they invite these vendors to come and set up a table for an hour from 6 to 7. And then from 7 to about 8.15, they have a performance. And I don't think they sold tickets. I'm fairly certain this is a free event. But as a performer, you know, I always get them for free, so I don't usually ask about these things. But they had they had a whole bunch of different groups performing. Now what? <laughs> Actually, that that I think it's always a Monday before Thanksgiving. It's just I've heard yes. about it before, but I didn't see a lot of publicity about that. Yeah, I was really surprised. I mean, for me, I, I was advertised to because I've been on their mailing list. And I posted about it on Facebook. Um, I have to say, last year's attendance was a little bit disappointing. There was maybe like three dozen people total in the audience. This year, it was the uh, entire auditorium was nearly full. So and I think it seats, I want to say, about 300. That's just the estimate. Um, so they had at least 200 people there this year. It was so much better. And the performances had everything from, like, uh, this Bonger group from Case Western. Uh, Walt Maholovich was there. It was nice to see him. He plays um, Klezmer. He was playing Klezmer music selections. They had the Filipiana group that uh, also performs at the Asian Festival. They had Italian opera, the Murphy Irish Dancers. They had a German brass band. They had Yenteng Dance, of course. <laughs> and then they had um, a couple of songs. They had a, um, a, a, min a minstrel choir. I don't. I'm not really sure exactly what religion it is, but they, they were singing a lot of songs that were dedicated to um, praising the Lord. They also had a tabla drummer, which is pretty cool, but he played for a really long time. His music mostly comes from India, Pakistan, Nepal, and Bangladesh, and Sri Lanka. And of course, Dance Israeli was there, some of the nicest people in the world. And they had Celtic folk music, um, a couple of instruments playing uh, 
the group was called Clash of the Tartans, and I really enjoy the music. They play the John Ryan, John Ryan Polka and Shebag and Shemore, which I, I recorded it, so maybe I'll upload it later. And they had um, the Indian vocalist uh, who also performed at the Asian Festival, uh, Sujata Chatterjee. She's a, she has an amazing voice, so she performed. And last but not least, they had Japal Cultural Arts Institute, which um, I found out the girl who kind of sprained her foot at One World Day was Talisa's daughter. So <laughs> I spoke with her, and she seemed cool with it. So she's like, oh, yeah, it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's my little uh, wrap-up about the um, cultural holiday season. Um, does anybody else have any stories to share? Not, I, I don't have any at all this time. I'm kinda, yeah, you've been busy filming, right? Yeah, today I've been, uh, been uh, well, uh, this past Thursday we were fortunate to be taping a uh, a segment for the Wizard of Oz Broadway show that's actually performing right now at the Playhouse Square. Really? Yeah, they they somehow have some certain part of the visual effect or visual video part of it that did not work very well so they really wanted to redo that part so they came to the studio and shot at the studio with the three different uh, actually eight different people wow so, so each one didn't just do one line you know like the uh, wicked witch did her line uh the uncle did his line the aunt did his uh, dorothy's aunt did her line and that's it and then you have the main pers uh, person who plays those roles plus the undertakers that's what they call them or understudies. 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 And yeah, so there was six, uh, three of each were there doing their lines. And the Wicked Witch is kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, really? The costume or just. just yeah, the, the costume. It's a quite interesting costume, and I recorded one part of her line that she so was So, how long is the show going on at Playhouse Square? Because it's one of my favorites. It started Thursday, so I think it's going to be a week. Oh, good. Okay, so maybe I can catch them. I just want to say. Here you go. That's 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 part of part of the record. Oh, so excited. So, and I think um, Johnny has a picture you could probably post on the Asia Town Facebook page. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um did they that's really cool that they came to your studio. But of course you guys are like what, the largest green uh, free market green screen something. Yeah, and... we are we are the largest uh free market green screen soundstage studio in Ohio. That's really well, cool. Take it back in northeast Ohio. Because uh, oh, there's no one there? in Columbus now. So, yeah. Is that new? Yeah, it's a new one. It's huge. <laughs> Got to compete against you, huh? <laughs> I don't think they're competing. They're actually going to be complimenting. You know, people from Columbus want to come to Cleveland anyway. Hmm. So. Oh yeah. So the let me. See. I'm checking the, the 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 opening the openings for the Wizard of Oz. Oh wait a second. They're leaving the Saturday. Uh, the Sunday. No. Yeah, oh, last. So yeah, I just want to share some things about running a Chinese dance company, and it's very interesting just how many of the girls come back. I mean, usually, as with any place, you know, junior year, senior year, you lose a lot of dancers because they're worried about going off to college or they're graduating or they've grown out of it and they'd rather go work and earn money or do something else. But I've had a handful of girls return to me now that they're in college and they go to university around Cleveland. They still come and learn. And usually the way our, our dancing works is I would start a dance in the fall, 
And then I would teach it through January and we would perform it in the Chinese New Year um, or the Lunar New Year season, which is late January through mid-March. And at the mid-March to about May, we try to prepare a really short dance. But usually that dance never really comes to fruition, either because of, you know, the girls either have their other recitals or competitions or, I don't know, things to do with school. So usually they're just kind of practice dances that we hope to pick up in the fall, but we don't. And as a result, a lot of them get, get put on like a back burner, like a table. So some of these girls who come back have learned these dances that were half done. And one of them was their really popular fan dance, which had some, I guess you could call them tricks. They're slightly acrobatic and they're a little bit challenging, some rolls and turns. And they really, it was, I was impressed at how fondly they reminisced about it. I had like two girls learn it um, who came back and then a bunch of other girls who wanted to relearn the peacock dance. So currently what I'm doing is a longer production of this fan dance with some girls who are older than when they originally learned it, but they're so excited about it. And it's really, really awesome to see that. My only concern at this point is that some of the stages that we dance on are really small. So we might not have enough room for all the girls to do their tumbles. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> so you, you have a really, really large, large group of people, but yet there's not a big space for them to perform. Yes. So that could be a problem, but that's, that's a good problem, right? It is a really good problem, yeah. but um, I'm probably going to split them apart. So let's say into group A and group B. So let's say there will only be five dancers performing at one performance, and then I'll switch out to another four dancers to be performing at another performance. So that way they each get turns to perform the dance. Um, meanwhile, one group doesn't get exhausted. And also this means the girls who are not cast in it can, can perform while the original girls are changing. So it's like a balancing trick. <laughs> Whenever they do like block scheduling where they say, hey, Yenting dance, you have 30 minutes, so perform something for 30 minutes. And I just got to figure out how to give the girls time to change and whatnot. So that's a little peek in my world. And... That's pretty good. You know, it's, uh, it's actually surprising to hear such a positive in influx of uh, students for you. Uh, a friend of mine said he's been teaching ballet and he's been frustrated because all the kids out there are either brave Taken for taken him for granted in the sense of they don't really care about learning. They just want their their to show off that they can. They they think they're better than anybody else. Oh yeah, yeah. That kind of comes with the territory with some dancers. But I I mean okay. I my dancers know this, and <laughs> and I <laughs> because I, you're a bossy lady. <laughs> no, yes, I am a bossy lady. I mean, some of them are not the best dancers in the world, and it's understandable because they have no experience. But they have a really positive attitude, and I try to make it fun for them. That's the thing. It's like I don't expect them to get it perfect. I mean, yes, you're going to have the girls. I have one student who's all about the technique. She has to get it perfect, and I love that because that's how I am. Right. But these girls that come in who've never had dance practice are joining more of like a, a social thing. Like they want to get in touch with their culture, and they want to do something fun. And, of course, it's great to perform and just to like – bond with some people that you normally don't see and even one of my students Kylene, is like this is great i get to meet people i wouldn't otherwise meet because these girls are all ages they go to all different schools and they're from west side south side east side and it's it's really amazing to see them come together to do this dance now over the summer i choreographed a six-part dance and it was very interesting because um for convenience of location i had three of the girls go to cleveland because it's closer for their, where they lived and i had three girls come to my house because well the three of them lived in solon so we practiced separately and then for three practices we combined everybody together and i have to tell you that first practice together was just plain chaos even though everybody knew their steps <laughs> but they got it down by the third one so that's good that's good <laughs> so it's always an adventure to try to work with everybody's schedule and just to get it all 
all together. So adventures of running a Chinese dance company in Cleveland. That's my, that's my spiel. Here we go. <laughs> it's positive spiel. Yes. Yes, it is. And I have to say, yeah, most girls are really, they, they want to be there. So, and that's part of the reason why I don't want to advertise so much is once you have these, um, negative Nancy's or just these people who just aren't excited to be there once they join either because their parents force them to, or I don't know, because they want to show off, then it changes the entire dynamic. So I'm very careful about the people that I let in. It's mostly word of mouth, which, you know, it doesn't bring me that much money, but I, it's, it's more fun that way. And it maintains a better group and they want to perform and they have a great presence when they naturally get along. You see it on stage. So, so that's that. Wow. Okay. There's my bell. You guys <laughs> ding, hear the bell? Yeah, I can get go. a bell. There you go. <laughs> oh, I got my bell. So um, today DJ Lexicon was supposed to join us, but um, for the listeners who haven't joined us in the last couple of weeks, DJ Lexicon has moved to Chicago due to um, fulfilling job responsibilities. And since now that we've moved our Asia Town voice to a Skype platform, he is supposed to be dropping in on us. I'm not really sure uh, where he is. Ghost host, Johnny, do you have any idea? Did That's he, a very he... good question. I mean, he he seems to be online. They say that he is online on Skype, but yeah. I'm calling he's not getting oh. anywhere. I'm trying to call him right now while we're chatting here, and he's maybe not... we're in the ghost realm. <laughs> Probably fell asleep. You think so? He's normally go to sleep very easily, you know. <laughs> we should call it a DJ so... sleeper. We should. We should call him DJ Sleepyhead. Which wait, hey, there you go. That's such think, a good one. I think there is a song. No, okay. I'm th- there. There is an electronic song out there. It's kind of DJ music, and it's by a group called Passion Pit, and the song is called Sleepyhead. So that is that is what I am confused with. All right. So currently, you know, everybody knows that Christmas is coming up. I mean, come on, it's December, and in America, everybody celebrates Christmas. So I took it upon me to research some traditional Chinese holidays. And let's see how many of them fall in December. Um, and I just wanted to remind that the Chinese calendar falls on a, on a lunar calendar, which is different. I think it's 13 months, right? 13 months in a year. And yes. I can't remember how many days are in a month. I think it's actually 28 exactly, right? It's actually a very what call it 28 days a month, yes. Yeah, 27, 28-ish. Yeah. I um, it, I, you know what? My aunt was naturally able to look at a calendar, a Gregorian calendar, and she could instantly calculate exactly what day of the month it is on a lunar calendar. It's something that's lost on me. Okay. So um, here we have the ancestor worship holiday, um, Donzi, Winter Solstice Festival. And it says it falls on either December 21st or 22nd. And this is kind of like a Thanksgiving where it's like a feast day where the family gets together. Um, and you just kind of give thanks to your past ancestors and you spend time with family just being grateful. Now, the other one is the, oh, I never heard of this one. It's on the eighth day of the 12th month. So that's close enough to December. And it's spelled L-A-B-A something, la-la-ba. And this day, um, this is the day the Buddha attained enlightenment. People usually eat kanji, which is made of mixed grains and fruits. So I'm going to click on this. It sounds really interesting. I've never heard of this before. We're learning something new. Um, okay. So this is celebrated on the eighth day of the La month. It's very interesting. It's literally L-A, L-A-B-A. And the 12th month of the Chinese calendar, it is customary to eat Laba Kanji 
The festival has not been a found and fixed day until the southern and northern dynasties when it was influenced by Buddhism and got a fixed time on the eighth day of the twelfth month, which is also the Enlightenment Day of Buddha. Therefore, many customs are related to Buddhism. So in the history, it says here, before the Qin Dynasty, the festival was also a celebration of new harvest. Hmm. That's very interesting, because who would be harvesting in December? <laughs> I suppose if you live further south, right? Where is the weather warmer? Well, I, I don't think it'll be that warm, though, right? Yeah, I don't think so either. That's very interesting. Twelfth month. That, it, would, it would be, like, really close to late November, yeah. It says here, um, see, kanji for the imperial court would have been made from cream, lamb, various mixed grains, dried red dates, longyan, which is, they call dragon eye, but it's like a little fruit, and it's got a hard... Um, kind of a yellowish brown shell, and you peel it over, and there's like a fleshy fruit in the inside, kind of like lychee, but different, and it has a pit. And sometimes the kanji, it says here, would also have chestnuts, peanuts, water, caltrop. What is water caltrop? Walnuts, raisins, melon seeds, and jelly. What is water caltrop? Lisa, would you know? It's an aquatic plant growing in slow-moving water up to five meters deep, native to warm, temperate parts of Eurasia and Africa. They bear ornately shaped fruits, which in the case of T. bacornis resemble the head of a bull or the silhouette of a flying bat. Okay, so it's a fruit. Each fruit contains a single, very large, starchy seed. Hmm. Oh, they, they look a little bit like the um, star fruits, the texture and everything. But, okay. but yeah, yeah. Uh, and for people who, I don't know what the official name of star fruit is, but it's kind of like a long, if you look at it from the side, it's a yellow oval shaped fruit. But if you turn it and you look at it from its stem, it's got five spokes. And if you slice it along the side, they actually are little stars. It's adorable. They're great for making Christmas tree ornaments too, if you have a fruit dehydrator or a jerky maker. So they just, they don't really give off as much of a fragrance as orange peels. Hmm. By the way, does anybody know anybody who does that? Where they make ornaments out of orange peels and apples? It's very um, interesting habit. In the restaurants, uh, which I, I I was just at one restaurant. They they did that and took a lot of time to do that. Really? <sighs> yeah, because you just you just slice the fruit, you put it in dehydrator, and you get Christmas ornaments. Ta-da! <laughs> Lisa, you probably don't know. I I I just been to a restaurant like last month, and they were like every meal they took out was like decorated. Really? Oh, yeah. was it like Emperor's Palace? No, I I don't go there anymore. Hmm. Which restaurant? Um, it's in downtown somewhere. Maybe Hans. Do they doc, 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 uh, decorate their flower, uh, the fruit? Han Han kebab. Yeah. Oh no, I don't think no. so. Not not at least I've been there. Oh. I am or Bolong. Sometimes the restaurants do that for special occasions, like big birthdays. Yeah, that's actually a very popular thing, and it was started in the Imperial Court of China. Um, one of my godmothers, I, I have two. I, it's not because I'm spoiled. It's just because we have lots of close friends. Bossy, but when bossy. I was really little, <laughs> one of my godmothers, she ran a small restaurant. I can't even remember what it was called. I mean, they've since moved out of town. But her son, who was much older, he, he was really handy with, a, with like a little fruit knife, a paring knife, 
And I remember for some events, when my dad still was at Cleveland State and they did their Chinese New Year parties, he would actually carve things like little peacocks or swans out of apples, and he would do carrot carvings. It was really cool to watch him do all this because, I mean, he was used to it, so the knife would move so fast, and out would come these little designs. And um, it's not like the kind of the carrots that you cook with where they have the, the um, serrated edges because those are done with a special knife. But, no, he actually took apples. He would like slice wedges into them, and then he would carve little like petal-like designs in them, and it looked really cool. Oh. It was really fascinating. And you know, of course, you use toothpicks to help hold things in place, and then you spray it all with like white vinegar to make sure it doesn't turn brown. So, or lemon juice. I they use white vinegar, but I read elsewhere that you could use lemon juice. It's pretty cool. We should yeah. we should do that as a challenge. Because like, who mm. could do the best food art? Oh, I, I'll <laughs> fail. I'll probably be the F. Okay, or we you know we could just eat. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if you know that um, at one of our Cleveland Asian festivals, um, Mala's sister, she flew in and she actually does a lot of fruit carvings and she had the, I remember. This, this giant, I don't know if it's a bird or something. <laughs> There's a picture on, I think it was 2012. Yes, it was. I remember I took a picture with it. It was so cool. They had, like, this watermelon, and they had, like, I don't know. It was really clever. I can't explain it. They used the green and the white and the red of the skin really well. And it just, oh, my gosh, I have to find it. When I find it, I'll post it. So I'm going to go through all my pictures now. I took a picture next to it. But you're absolutely right. Um, I'm just really surprised it hasn't. I mean, they have these, like, uh, TV food competitions where you decorate cakes with like fondant and then you do like the different frosting flowers. I'm surprised nobody's done like fruit statues or like food statues, mashed potatoes sculptures. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I would love to eat a mashed potato sculpture. So yeah, I'm trying to find a receipt from the restaurant. I can't find it. I cannot see it here at all. So were they, were they decorating the plate with the food or was it the dehydrated little pieces? Decorated fruit. I mean, it's a fresh fruit. Uh, oh oranges and something else and it was like beautiful That's i'm trying to remember where i see i saw that i cannot remember right now yeah i know i need more fruit in my diet i've been having a lot of pumpkin and apple in the form of pies <laughs> but that comes with a lot of sugar so I, I need to get some just straight actual fruit so yeah so how, how did you guys spend thanksgiving did you have a very chinese thanksgiving uh, i spent the whole day working creating websites oh. <laughs> Well, you must be very thankful for having the job, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I usually use that, that day to, to just be, to really have, because it's a holiday, nobody talks to me, which is kind of perfect <laughs> for me to do whatever I want to do. You know, you can actually ignore people and say, hey, this is my working time. <laughs> then they're going to bug me like crazy again. Well, yeah, but like, just give yourself like two hours or you don't answer anything. Yeah. I do that, because otherwise I'd never get any work done. <laughs> That's why I don't answer my phone when people call. Maybe that's what's happening on Alex right now. He just want to answer the phone call. <laughs> DJ Lexicon! Boo! <laughs> <laughs> he's going to hear this next week when we air it. And he's going to be like, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yesterday, we went to uh, Margaret Wong's uh, holiday party. Oh. Well. Okay. And it was uh, kind of cool. Kind of interesting to see a lot of old faces and, and mingle and talk. You mean like yeah. old friends' faces, or? No, it's a very popular uh, holiday party, and you get to see people that you haven't seen like all year long, and people that you've seen who usually really active in the community, but they're so long since retire, retire. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. you don't oh. see them as often. 
but it, it's a great event. You know, she has entertainment now, and um, it's just lots of food. It's it's very nice. <laughs> there goes the computer again, making noises. <laughs> All right. Hello. I'm here. Okay. So okay, so that was that like her Thanksgiving sort of thing, or? Uh, it's I think it's a Christmas thing, uh, holiday get together. Ah, I've been kind of buried on my computer. I um, released a series, an anthology of short stories on uh, Amazon. So, oh. and it's currently being reviewed by iBooks. It's only ninety nine so cents. When when's it gonna be available for the public? It's available now. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, on Amazon. Um, iBooks is still waiting. They have like this minimum two week review period where they have to make sure everything is up to standards and aligned properly. It's mostly like layout standards. So, but I mean. I don't see why they wouldn't accept me if Kindle and um, it's, I did it through this thing where they automatically submit it to other places too. Oh, but yes, cool. there. I, I just realized that I'm kind of contradictory because the the cover is really cute. It's called Ava's Shorts, and there's cartoons. There's four pairs of cartoon shorts, and on the back pockets you see little illustrations that pertain to each of the four short stories. But then you know, as I realized, as I as I finished everything and got it ready to submit. They're kind of psychological th uh, thrillers, and they kind of borderline on horror stories. And my original thought was to have it ready by Halloween, and it had nothing to do with the fact of the nature of the story, simply because that was my original deadline. But that didn't really happen, and I'm, I don't think this, these stories are really appropriate for the Christmas season. So if you want to read them in the Halloween mindset, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. But um, I enjoyed working on them. They really helped me vet my editors that I'm looking for on a really big project. So, Pretty cool, pretty cool. Yes. And for people who don't know, um, I don't use Yintang when I'm writing. I use Ava Rice. And there's a long story behind that. So <laughs> how I selected that name was actually quite comical. But that'll be for a different day, a different yeah. time. So <laughs> We should probably take a break right now and come back again. Sounds good. All right, so Johnny will play some music for you, and we'll catch you guys in a couple minutes. Yep. Thank you. 
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back with OCA's Asia Town Voice, an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We're on here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. This hour-long program provides you with an inside look at the Asian American and Pacific Islander Americans community, culture, education, and events going on in Northeast Ohio. Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Yin Tang, also known as DJ Bossy Lady. And in on air with me today is Johnny Wu, the ghost host. Bossy, bossy. <laughs> yeah, he likes to call me bossy. He, he acts like a Pokemon when he does that. Bossy, He's bossy. Just like, bossy, bossy. Yes. <laughs> and also uh, on air with us today is Lisa Wong, Madam President of OCA Greater Cleveland Chapter. And um, Lisa, you were talking about Margaret Wong's holiday party and how there yeah. were a lot of uh, people who had contributed a lot to the community and it's like a time to get to know each other. Yeah, she invites all the leaders of the community, past and present, and people just get together and um, celebrate. Um, she has, uh, you know, a lot of food, um, entertainment, just Ooh. old friends, just a lot of people in the community. <laughs> I was and more then she, oh, And then she, eats, she even like takes the time to greet each person when they come in. You know, so it's, oh, nice. it's really nice. So for our listeners who don't know who Margaret Wong is, um, can you give her like a little introduction? We've had her on the show before. Oh, well, I guess you can do it or Lisa can do it. Either one. Um, I, I guess I could, but I feel like you guys might know her better. Lisa, yes. you can do it. <laughs> Wong. Margaret I guess Wong nobody is... wants to say the wrong <laughs> thing about her, right? <laughs> no, we love her. We love her. Yes, we just we had do. to try and find the right way to to, to, to condense everything about her in, in half an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Lisa. I'm sorry to interrupt. Well, she's a well-known lawyer in, immigration lawyer in the greater Cleveland area, and she's since expanded her office, and I believe she's in New York, um, a lot of big cities around the state. I don't have a list of her, all her offices, but her firm has grown quite a bit, and she started, you know, very, very small, and she started very, very simple. And her story is very unique there, where she was trying to get a job and no one hired her, you know, because she was Asian. So she just started her own law firm and she's done very well. And she's made quite an impact in the greater Cleveland area. And that's why, you know, everyone knows her name. Every time, like, you know, because my last name is Wong now, every time I meet somebody new, they're like, oh, are you the Mark? I'm like, related to Mark? I'm like, no, <laughs> my married name. And, you know, whereas that's her, um, maiden name you know everyone just knows that name and you know she's well known in this area so I, it's nice she has a couple other women uh whose last names are wong working in her office too so that it also gets a little bit confusing um because i oh, guess yeah. for one point i thought it was her sister but it wasn't I that I was think, right i think her, judy wong's her another daughter. wong and, judy yes <laughs> well her, her her children's name are not wong her you know or her children's name or her husband's name. Right. Because, you know, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of, you know, Chinese women keep their maiden names, especially in business. And obviously she, you know, she's made a name for herself. She's not going to change it. So. Well, Yen, Yen, uh, the bossy lady here, she doesn't change her last name either. Yeah, because Yen Schweizer would just sound too weird. You know? <laughs> I have a reason, you know? <laughs> it's a little bit bizarre. I couldn't really do it. 
Yeah, she Margaret had had done a lot for the community, and she's always helping everybody. Uh, she's really great. She's really, really, really great, great inspire inspiration for all of us to follow through. Right, right, and she's 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 quite humble, even though she like you know her name is everywhere. She's she supports all the um, different ethnic newspapers, and you know she sponsors a lot of events, even for the ICC Multicultural Holiday Party. She's a sponsor every year. I mean, you always see, you know, her firm as a sponsor, and she's just really great for the community. And for yeah. that, she receives a ding. Exactly. <laughs> so, we, you know, we forgot about another DJ that we didn't mention his name. Mm-hmm. DJ Ken. Oh, yeah, the new guy. <laughs> I'm really yeah. sorry, Ken. He couldn't make it today, but DJ um, Ken Uehara, he yes. is our new on-air DJ. And yeah, we want to welcome him to Cleveland. He is originally not from Cleveland. He's from Michigan. I think before that he was from California. Yeah, I think so. Right? <laughs> he was born in Hawaii, he said, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's he, so, Hawaii, California. So he keeps, he keeps yeah. staying by water, right? Whether it's a Great Lake or the ocean. You know? <laughs> so yes, we wanted to welcome Ken to Cleveland, and hopefully he'll be back on there next week and we can chat away. But um Guys, a lot of things to talk about. <laughs> well, no. It, uh, she, well, last week uh, Ken and I talked a lot, so I oh think, yeah, you know, I think it's time for me and you know take a little break here to not talk too much and have you guys talk a lot more. Well, you can recap, like what you guys talk about last week. Uh, that's a good question. I can't remember. Actually, we talk about places to go. You know, Thanksgiving uh, traditions. Yeah. We talk about healthy eating with race project race. Yeah, which is oh, very yeah. important. Yeah, I heard that. You guys are talking mostly about um, the healthy eating part, and but there's also a physical activity part. And I know this year that we're doing, we're helping um, an herbal store in Asian Town Center promote their free Tai Chi. Um, so there is free Tai Chi every Sunday from 3:30 to 5, and you can join in any time. It's people from all skill levels. There's some who've been practicing this Tai Chi for like years, um, or they used to do it in China or elsewhere and they come here and they don't know they don't have a group to practice with so you could you know join up this with this group and for a few of us who are beginners you know sometimes the senior member would just help you you know work on some of the movements but even if you don't know the movement it's kind of simple to follow along it's kind of almost like a dance move but much slower (laughs) so it's a good way to start a physical exit activity and it is kind of relaxing and, and why is it so important to, to to going through the OCA partnering with race yeah OCA is partnering with race um, and many other Asian ethnic groups and refugee agencies and uh, foreign language schools just so that we're you know there's a movement uh, around the US to get Asian Americans more active because um, obesity is becoming uh, a bigger problem in many communities and in a community that normally doesn't see this as an issue, it's, you know, more of a problem and they're just trying to stay in front of that and encourage people to get out, get up and do something. So many of the other groups, like um, I know the Filipino group, they do a um, line dancing Fridays at their community center. Um, so I know that they do that regularly. I know the Chinese schools, they have other activities, um, like what, ping pong and and some other e- events. 
I think West Lake Chinese School and also the Solon Chinese School has events. I don't know all their activities, but many of the groups have something where anyone can participate in. So we encourage everybody to go uh, every Saturday, right? Uh, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. Every Sunday at Asian Health Center. Yeah. So it's, I think, yeah, it's it's free. And she even offers um, warm tea. It's a light warm tea in between sessions. So each session is about like, what, six minutes. And then she repeats the routine. Well, she does a lot of warm-up exercises beforehand just to, um, you know, kind of like, get the body ready for the meditation Tai Chi thing. <laughs> and obviously this is for everybody, not just for Asian Americans. Can oh yeah. yeah. It's a very, they have a, they have a very diverse um, core group. Um, so there's some people been doing this for a while. It's just, you know, we're trying to get um, more of the community involved. Um, I know people used to do it many years ago. In the, elsewhere in the community, and we're just letting people know that we're starting this up again. We're probably going to have more Tai Chi um, activities throughout Asia Town, and even some of the other ethnic groups. You know, they're looking in how they can start a Tai Chi class because it's something that you know doesn't take a lot. Like it's not hard to do. Like as in, it's not physically exhausting to do. You know, something that people of all ages could. You know, my son even tried it a few weeks ago, and he thought it was very relaxing. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. I think, so, if I, I think if I had to go and do that, I would fall asleep. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> that's, and because Johnny, pace. that's because Johnny's a um, master at martial arts already, so <laughs> he's, he's at much higher level than the rest of us. Uh, yeah, how can we not see you do any like cool tricks anymore? Uh, because I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> Last time you did a performance of must have been what, 2004 and OCA? That was, yeah, that's it. That was was it that last one or what, did you have more after that? I think that was it. The 2004 was my last one. But really? um, Yeah, and then most of the time now I just uh, help choreograph fight sequences for movies. That's it. Hmm. Yeah, we, I've seen you in a mask and you would stand there and disappear. But then I don't know if I saw you actually fight fight. Oh, that was a, a Joker's card. At the end, I fought. I was doing the fight. Okay, you were, but you were a mask, so we couldn't really. That's talk. me on the mask, but yeah, that's me. <laughs> You're always. Are you always masked when you fight on film? Yeah, because I I don't like to be in front, in, inside, in front of the camera. Why that? I cannot memorize line. I was uh, asked to. Oh, play. like the mask really helps. <laughs> so I don't have to. So I don't have to talk. Oh, I find an excuse not to talk. Hmm. Because uh, I was in uh, one of the funny uh, mockumentary baseball uh, uh, movie feature film, and I'm supposed to do my line in Chinese. I got everything memorized, but at the moment to to do it in front of the camera, I keep messing it up. But luckily, I was speaking Chinese, so nobody can understand me, so I just (laughs) rumble. (laughs) I make up my own lines. So when can we expect to see another episode of Doctor Who? Fandom? Oh, we were just talking about that. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Well, not this episode, so. Because at Christmas time, there, this is going to be coming out like a Christmas uh, special. Episode number five will be out in, in a few days. Uh, I'm waiting for the uh, composer, Arya Kumar, who happens to be the composer for Asian Town Voice opening and endings um, intro and outro of the, song, the score. 
Woo. is finishing up the, the music. And then we have one more crazy effects way to do. And then that's it. We'd be out of there in public. No crazy effects. Or do we have to wait and see? Yeah, the wait and see. It's, animation is the most hardest thing to do in this episode. I mean... Oh, you, there's animation? Uh, well, it's actually called visual animation, which is basically being a CG. Computer, hmm. computer graphics. Apparently, this time took us three months to put it all together. <laughs> so, that's a headache. So, who can we expect to see in this upcoming episode? The usual suspects or...? The usual suspect and something different in the beginning. Something cool in the beginning. Like action cool? Uh, no comment. <laughs> no, okay, so that's a yes? I don't know. You, you, you had to see. But the, it's the, always the, action in Japanese the, film. The episode 6 will be crazier because a lot of camera movement, a lot of fight sequences all put together and in, in, in lots of CG work. So that one could maybe take about three, four, three to four months to put together. So you have a bit of a following already. Is there like a website or a blog that most people can go to visit? Yeah, or is it just uh, like a Facebook page? If you go to Facebook page, Trace the Doctor, uh, facebook.com slash Trace the Doctor, you can see everything there. We also mm-hmm. have a YouTube uh, Doctor Who. You just had to uh, Google search for Trace a Doctor Who fan film on, on, on YouTube. And right now we have 47,000 viewers for the last episode. Oh, I'm seeing you're holding like a mini call box. What? Uh, on the Facebook page? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where, where'd what? you get the mini one? Uh, Tom West. Oh, did he make that for you? Yeah, well, he made that for himself, but oh. he brought it in for us to, to have a picture with. So he has a big one and a little one. Yes. But wait, that one's missing a painted blue panel. Is it? Yes. There's like a little panel in the front that's supposed to be blue, but it's white. Oh. Which he did a really good job, by the way, making it. The big it. one or the small one? Small one. So if you guys go to Trace, T-R-A-C-E, the doctor on Facebook, you'll, on a profile picture, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what is this? You won a lot of awards? We, Official... we, we, we are, we've been shown all of the places, and apparently that's not all of it. Uh, we're we also still showing a bunch of different film festivals and conventions. Sweet. Uh, we're waiting for the Cleveland Comic Con Wizard Award for next February to give us information to all the detail about where to go and what to, how to set up. Do you need me to be Urza for that one? With the wings? Yes. I think that would be a cool idea, but I had to wait and see. I'm not sure what's going on yet. Cause... I also I need to repair my wings. I've worn ah. them too much, and transporting them breaks them down a little. You know, I was uh, creating the Cleveland Asian Festival website, and for your information, the Cleveland Asian Festival coming out on May 21st and 22nd, May. 2016. Uh, and then I would look at your picture. I'm like, holy cow, that is a beautiful, beautiful costume. Yes, the wings are sweet, aren't they? I know. It's like, that's so, so... <laughs> well, that's thank a, you. Ma- ma- majestic. That's a word for it. Majestic? <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> no, I'm not coughing because I think it's absurd. I'm coughing because I'm actually sick. Oh. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I got the idea to be Urza in 2013. But it was like two weeks before the festival when I discovered what um, fairy tale was and I saw that costume. So I didn't actually get a chance to do it for 2013. And also I needed to be Sailor Moon because I had three people back out of being Sailor Moon. And I knew I was going to be there, so I wasn't taking any more risks. But anyway, um, I don't think I'm actually going to do the cosplay myself next year. We've got so many people interested. I think I'm just going to coordinate. And yeah, our goal is to get together an Inuyasha group and to do like mini skits based on Inuyasha. Don't forget, do you guys we, know what... we had the scooters too. Oh, the scooters? 
I don't know how safe those are on stage. I don't know how I feel about make that. Make sure, make sure to have like somebody who already know how to use it, like Jedediah or. Yeah, know. I was gonna say we should have Jedediah dressed like a panda and hop on the scooter. <laughs> you think yep. he'll do it? He could, or he could be the T Rex. The T Rex? No, but that's not Asian. I don't know. You can't call it the T Rex. You have to call it the Young Chuanosaurus, the one that they found in China. Okay, then that, that still works, then I guess. <laughs> or, the, or you can come out from the uh, Doctor Who phone booth. Yeah. All right. Just kidding. Yeah, I'm like, because we had a really difficult time finding a place to put the phone booth last year. So what? I'm wondering if we should even bug Tom about it this year. Why? Well, you haven't told me anything about that you wanted to have them there, so I haven't talked to him yet. Okay. So, yeah, we, we're having our first meeting next. Oh, yes. Well, just give me a poster. I mean, yes. it's not something that, you know, if you cannot do it, don't big deal. So it looks like we're nearing the top of our hour. So we've got a couple more things to talk about. For example, we still need fashion models for the Cleveland Asian Festival in 2016. There will be a form available very soon. And um, we, if you want to cosplay with us, be sure to message me on Facebook or message the Cleveland Asian Festival page on Facebook, and we'll get the message and we'll send you the necessary information. And the performing application for uh, any groups that are interested will be online, I would say... I'm hoping early January, but we also have to make sure the fine prints <laughs> updated. So I'm going to say mid January is when the latest will have the uh, the application form up for any performers. And that's all the announcements for from me. Anything from Lisa or Johnny? Nothing from me, Lisa. Uh, no, just the Tai Chi every Sunday from three thirty to five, and the multicultural holiday party um, at the Global Health Center Wednesday the sixteenth. From six to ten. Um, any other thing? Yeah, save the date, May twenty first and May twenty second, from 20. eleven a.m. to seven p.m. Yeah, at two nine 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 Payne Avenue. Come to the Cleveland Asian Festival. Woo! <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in this week. We will catch you next week, and have a great day. Bye bye. 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 Kasama Kung tayo'y magkakanayo Maging tapat ka pa kaya Ibigin mo pa kaya ako Kahit ako'y malayo Saman nati di magtatagal kay laki ng hadlang sa ating pag-ibig. Kung tayo'y magkakalayo, mapapatawad mo ba ako? Sa paghihirap nagdulot ko sa buhay mo. <laughs>